Welcome back to the Scarcity Podcast. This is your host, Mike, and my co-host, Scott. How are you doing today, my guy? I watched Candyman. <laughs> we did. We did watch Candyman. I liked Candyman. it a lot. It's really good. It's convoluted. A little bit. A little bit. Could have, could have done with like 20 more minutes, maybe, to flesh out the mythology a little bit more. But I think they could have switched a few things around with how the story progresses. Sometimes things kind of halt the story. Yeah. And it's like, oh, now we got to get into this now. Maybe you shouldn't. The leads yeah. switch after a certain part in the film, and both leads are great, but story kind of takes a turn for a bit. The leads switch for like five minutes, <laughs> ten minutes. Yeah, it's it's Wild. Like the last Weird act choice. where it's like switch. Hold on a second. It Weird. makes sense Weird for the choice. film. Don't get me wrong, but they should yeah. have built to it a little bit more earlier on. Yeah, great movie though. It was a good. It was a good theatrical experience too. It was really nice to go see that in the theater. It was good, especially having a group of friends to see it again. Like, yeah, it, it was glad, funny I'm, that it was almost the same group of friends that we all went and saw us. Yeah, uh, like it, it's it's kind of weird because I was watching it. I'm like, oh man, I gotta go see another horror movie in theaters because the last one I saw was fucking Don't Breathe Two. Is that a Christ. horror film? Yes, kind of. I would say probably just about as much as the first one is. So it's kind of on the line a little bit. Yeah. It does. It veers a little bit more into like Aliens territory where it gets uh, a little bit more actiony. Okay, but that makes sense. But it, 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 and it scales a little bit bigger, but it's it's still a horror movie. I it, think I'm ready to take back my. And um, also, it's trash. Yeah, I'm sure. It, it's I, bad. I wouldn't have watched it. I'm sitting there looking at it and being like, "Why did you make this and not Evil Dead 2? What the fuck?" I think I'm ready to finally say that I do believe that Don't Breathe the first one is a horror film. Yeah, I, I, I would always that stand by it being a thriller, but I think at at now. I think I changed my opinion a little bit about it. I fucking love that goddamn movie. I think it's really well made. I just don't personally jive with it that much. Making a sequel to it following The Blind Man is a was a huge mistake. Hey, sometimes just making sequel to horror films is fucking dumb. Yeah, I, I mean, I said I said it when they announced Don't Breathe 2. I'm like, this should not be a franchise. Absolutely. Also, like, the sequel tease at the end of Don't Breathe is... A completely different sequel tease than what we actually got because they, they teased that the blind man's chasing them across the country and he doesn't do that. <laughs> Weird. Anyways, we're not talking about Don't Breathe 2. We're talking or about Fear Candy Street. Man today. We're, yeah, we're, no, we're not talking about Fear <laughs> Gotcha! <laughs> we are talking about the original 1987 The Stepfather. Real quick, does it feel like it's in 1987 when you watch it? Feels like it's earlier 80s to me personally. I feel like most 87 films, to me, feel a little bit more exaggerated, playing up the whole factor of fun in, like, 80s good times. And this one feels a little bit more laid back, like a classic early 80s type film. I would almost say it, it does bridge sometimes. Maybe maybe not so much in the score, but uh, it, it almost bridges on, like, a late 70s movie. Yes, I would agree. Not, not, say, not, not in attire, not in, you know, like, no, you can tell it's the 80s, atmosphere. obviously. But it feels a lot more like, yeah, like more like a 70s thriller that's why or, when we talked about it i said is it 81 or 87 because i remembered it being 87 but it felt more like an 81 type film yeah it definitely it definitely feels like an earlier film it doesn't even really feel like it's technically a slasher movie yeah it is. but it really doesn't play like one the director even said like when he was doing a, a commentary or like an interview that he didn't want to direct just like some regular old slasher he wanted to have like a different different vibe to it and you can feel oh yeah like, especially the opening segment is so different than a slasher film usually starts off in so i think i i, I alluded to this before i think at the end of the last episode because i think we talked about we were we we're gonna watch this movie and i said 
that um, I've seen the remake for this. I saw the remake first. It's the first PG-13 movie I saw in a the theater. First horror movie I ever saw in a the theater. So that, that opening scene is kind of similar to it. So I kind of, when it, when it started, I'm like, oh, okay, I kind of know what's going on here. What I didn't see coming was when he came down the stairs. Yeah. And you see just bodies. His entire family massacred. Not not just like a little dead. Like they're destroyed. The whole house is fucking destroyed. It is horrifying. Like for that opening, I think it was like the opening 10 minutes of the movie. My heart was in my throat. I was so skeeved out after that. Especially with the, like right at the ending of that before he shuts the door. They pain down to the kid. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. That was really, really well executed. And this entire review is a spoiler. You know, we always talk about the in depth. The entire podcast is a spoiler. Nature of the films, and then we yeah. always go in about scene by scene all the shit that happens. So if you watch an episode and you haven't seen the movie, you kind of got fucked. Sorry. But I'm going to divulge right to the end of something for a bit because in the beginning, he changes his appearance completely, you know. He had long, scrungy hair with a, a fucking, like, glasses and a goatee, mustache, beard combo, whatever. And he shaves all of it clean shaven, has, like, a fucking hair soup to the side, like all stepdads do. And then in the end, he takes it off, and it's a toupee. Yeah. And I'm like, so you trimmed your toupee? Like, you know, like, when you think about yeah. it, I'm like, what the fuck, man? Like, so he, just, so he doesn't have to buy a new one. Just weird. Just really repurposing. Weird. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I've never had a toupee. I don't know how that shit works. But whatever. Yeah, no, that that was interesting. The whole right. the whole the whole concept of this movie is fucking just disturbing. Yeah. It, it's, it's just based really on a, a real killing. Is it really? I didn't know that. Well, one person killed their family and they completely changed their look and changed everything and went to another place and got married again. And See never that? told his wife that he did that. It, he didn't do it, like, multiple times. He's not just like, I love killing families. So that pissed me off. It was just like, fuck, I'm on the run. My name's Don now. Yeah, but it's kind of crazy because, like, that's not unusual for, like, serial killers. Like, that's happened before, in ser- especially with serial killers. I mean, like, Ted Bundy did that. Mm-hmm. You know, the one that we're, we're just going to keep getting movies and documentaries about Ted Bundy until the end of fucking time. You know the but one that they're doing now that I hate? I, I, wonder, I wonder how much of this really, like... I'm sure it, it definitely has a lot more to do with that that killing. Yeah, but it does, it does at times. He does play Bundy-esque in that way that he kind of has this charming aspect to him that kind of makes you comfortable yeah, until he has... For lack these, of a better word, yes. Yeah, he has until he has these cracks. So it's, he's almost Bundy-esque, I would probably argue. Lately... For like videos, we we go character by character, and I think he's the best character to talk, character to talk about. So yeah. I want to save him for last. Yeah. Let's start off with the mom character. How do you feel about her throughout the film? So the entire time I was watching this, I was comparing and contrasting this with the remake from my memory of the remake, I should say. And the thing that I have to appreciate the most about this, and I mean, when you talk about any of the characters in this you're going to have to kind of touch on, on the, the stepfather because of their relationship. In the remake, he's just there. As so you stepfathers don't see, are. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, he, you don't, like, he comes, the, the character comes back from, I think, military school, and he's just there. Mm-hmm. He's just there at the start of the story. So you don't really see that relationship in any way. 
Whereas in this one, you do see them interact a lot more, and you do you do get to know why this woman would find this person attractive and a, a suitable possible, you know, like someone that she would marry. Another thing that's vastly different is that we already know that the daughter has spent time with Jerry for a while. Yeah. It's not like he's just freshly meeting them for like the first time. Yeah, they've been together for at least Yeah, so we're not or something. meeting these characters at the beginning of the journey. We're probably already like a third of the way through. Yeah, but the difference is, is that they've been together the whole time. Yes. Whereas the remake decides for some God only knows reason to make them strangers at the very beginning. So they're at odds from literally the first second. Like he's mistrusting of this character. I mean, they don't really, they don't bear the, the, the lead very much in that. In that, So it's really kind of hard to believe mm-hmm. that someone wouldn't find them suspicious. But in this one, like they ha- they're at odds. But the reason why they're at odds has nothing to do with Jerry as a you know, possible fucking nutcase. It has to do with resentment towards him because the fact that her father died. As a partial aspect of it. And her mother moved on. She also says a lot of times, like, there's some unnerving feeling I get when he's around that I can't explain. Yeah, but predominantly the reason why she she has a problem with him is is actually a... I don't want to say it's a reasonable issue because it's something that is, is unfair. I think it's reasonable because... She says that her father died a year ago, and they're already yes. married. So she moved yes. on pretty fucking fast. But I'll also say, talk to your mother about that. Yeah, hundred percent. Not the guy's. Technically, it's not the guy's fault. No. But that out of the equation, you know, it is an understandable thing. Having resentment. I had. I had a stepfather. Having resentment towards your stepfather. Oh, I have harsh it, resentment towards my stepfather. Yeah, it, it's one of those things where it's like, it's not unusual. No. Because you would rather have your actual parent with your actual parent. I will say this mine person's is kind definitely of warranted, though. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, mine is also kind of technically warranted, too. Yeah. But I, I'm making an example. Taking I, I, I know, I know, I know. Out of the equation. I understand why you would feel that way. Yes. So... It makes all that drama and, you know, it's sprinkled on top of this, you know, creepy slasher horror movie. But it it adds a a degree of character development to everybody involved. Literally everybody. Because you think, oh, well, it's her story. The daughter. You know, this this is her story. But this all reflects on everybody. Yeah. So it develops everybody in just like one discussion with her therapist. Everybody is developed. Even characters that aren't integral to the family aspect, like... The therapist is so good, too. I, I say the therapist is, like, one of my favorite characters. Yeah. But I'll, Be- I'll get to him in a second, but even characters that isn't based on the family dynamic, like the guy who's looking for Jerry because his sister. sister was the one that was the wife that was murdered. Yeah. His story is also very integral, and it's a side story, but it all ties together very well. Yeah. Oh, it's kind of funny. I mean, we'll get to it when we discuss the yes. plot in general, but the way his story is revol- resolved is very funny. Yeah, it's very anticlimactic. Yes. I, we can jump into the therapist from here, though. I love the yeah. therapist. The therapist is great. Every scene that the therapist sends is great. He's, he's so, like, he, it's very obvious that all he wants to do is help. I think that's great, too, because, like, realistically, I feel like when you see therapists in movies, they're usually fucking shitty. Compare and contrast this with Nightbreed. <laughs> Well, uh, yeah. One, well, two, two very far ends of the scale. 
One, one is of them the is killer, the fucking psychopath. One is the victim. <laughs> exactly. So yeah. that's kind of funny. But, but but when you say, I feel like most of the time I think of therapists in movies, they're either portrayed as like just there for like money or just not really listening to problems, especially like guidance counselors too. I do think that most times in movies, at least ones I watch involving therapists, they're depicted pretty coldly. Yes. A lot of the time, like they're there to be impartial so they don't get attached. They don't get actually like involved in wanting to like really get to know people, despite the fact that that's really not the case. I mean, I've been to therapy, like they're they usually are trying to really get to know you. Yeah, they, they can um, be impartial, but also try to understand the person they're talking to. Exactly. Now, I will say this I do think that the degree of friendliness is a little bit surprising in this movie. Yeah. Oh, he's he's her it's best like, friend. Exactly. I mean, she says that. She literally says that. Yeah. And that's not the thing that I experienced. But no. it is something that definitely really adds to the film because she says that he's his best He's her she best says friend. He's his friend. She goes, he's my friend. He's Yeah, he's my friend. I read a little bit more into that as in, like, this is her substitute for her father. Oh, 100%. Yes. So when when he dies... It's like her father died again. And then that's why Jerry gets even closer to her. But yeah, Jerry uses that. Yeah, Jerry uses that to get closer to her. Yes. Which, you know, it's kind of interesting because if you take the whole horror aspect out of this movie, completely, he's not a killer. He's just a stepfather who's trying to to create a relationship with, you know, this, this, this little girl. Little girl, she's like 17, but whatever. You know, he's trying to do the build this relationship with her. If you pull the horror out of this completely, this is actually a pretty interesting drama. Yes. It's still it's still interesting, well written, well acted. Because you know, if you if you take out the equation that he he killed the, the therapist, that situation bringing them together makes sense. Yeah, hundred percent. But because you know why, I mean, like he he gives that fucking grin too. It's just like absolutely a shit eating grin. It, it does feel like a moment that would be earned in another movie, and it makes yes, you feel conflicted. And, I mean, yes we're gonna no. get, we're gonna. I, I think it does make you kind of feel conflicted. To me, it's the dialogue because I know the movie is using dialogue that points to the fact that he's responsible. But I know, like, if my therapist was really close with me and they died, and the person who's like a substitute father said, like, you know, it's terrible what happened to him, but. In, in, in a weird way, it brings us closer together. I'd be like, dude, shut the fuck up. He's dead. I don't fucking care. It's not yeah. about you. I'd be so fucking mad. Yeah. I more so mean that the the event of this person passing the away event, bringing yes. them together I think would be earned. The dialogue choices, I'm like, yeah, the di- the if dialogue I was upset the- and someone said this shit to me, I would fucking beat the shit out of them on the spot. Like, it's not about you, dude. It, it, it just seems like one of those things where, like, she was just not paying attention to what he was saying. She was just grieving. That's like, if, that's like if someone like like say like you died and another like a friend of mine is being like you know it sucks that he's gone man but like it's to bring us the chance to get closer together because we could spend more time together I'd be like dude Mike is dead what the fuck is wrong never speak to me again literally never speak to me again but uh you know turn to him and be like buddy I'm looking for a co-host <laughs> yeah, yeah right <laughs> have um, you seen at least four puppet masters <laughs> Because that's why Mike's dead. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Number three, buddy. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, we're we're just we're, we're dancing around the stepfather. I don't want to get straight into him yet because we we did touch up on Steph, Steph Stephanie. That's her name, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
You fuck. know what's funny? Isn't very good trivia facts this entire time? Because look up on fucking IMDb, bro. But the actress's name is Jill. So when he's giving the story to the little girl, being like, oh, my daughter Jill, it's a little fun fact. Because it's the actress's name. Cool, actually. Also, she's like, I think like 23 or whatever, but the but she's supposed to be playing a 16-year-old. 16, okay. Also, she has a nude scene at the end, and it's uncomfortable to me because they portray her as 16 this entire time. And like, oh, you know, it's like she had her first kiss with this boy. So when I'm viewing this person as a 16-year-old, and I'm now veering at her through the shower, I'm like, I'm going to jail! Okay! <laughs> Thank you, movie. We've committed crimes together. Yeah, could be worse. Could be, could be like Friday Part Two filming a nude scene with a sixteen-year-old girl. Yeah, seventeen, whatever. Yes. Yeah. It's the only Oops. reason you can't Wasn't, see it in the movie was not. Te- I mean, she said she was. She said she age. was of age, and when they found out, they're like, "Well, now we got to cut all this shit." Yeah. Imagine that movie having more sex. <laughs> like, like you didn't get enough, man. I'll sell on that one. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not gonna lie Fucking though. Like I was rude when that when that scene in the stepfather came out. Like when she got in the shower, I'm like, they're not gonna do that, are they? And they did. Did it feel? It felt uncomfortable to, to you, right? It was just weird. I was I was in there. I'm like, they're are they gonna are they gonna do that? And then they did it. And I'm like, oh, that's like the this like kind of disconnect between like audience. the movie. The, the movie's not like that the entire time. No, it's not. The entire movie, like, again, like, this is a slasher. It has none of the tenets of a slasher, though. Almost none of them. Like I said, like... There, there's really only one fucking kill in the movie. Maybe two. I'm trying to think. There's two. Yeah, like, there's barely any killing in this movie. And, and, yeah, there's two, technically, if you're counting the fucking guy at the at the very end. Yeah, that's what I'm But, yeah, like, but, like uh, an actual killing... I need to well, think... No. no. I mean, the family, you don't watch die. Yeah, you, those are all aftermaths. And the only on-screen kills are the therapist and that and yeah, yeah. the guy at the end. It's just like that is insane. There's way more fucking kills in the remake. Yeah, I'm sure. And they suck. I love the idea of like a mailman at that time just delivering mail. I got your package. Ah, like just totally makes the movie horrible. Yeah. To be clear, though, I think the movie's better for that. 100. percent I, like before we jump off, this like, the last thing with like the, the veering. Yeah. Like I said, I think boobs are fucking sick. <laughs> Me love booba, but when, as an audience, if you're trying to tell the audience this is a 16 year old girl who is vulnerable, like the entire film, she's she's shown to be very vulnerable, very emotional. I do not want to veer at a, an emotionally unstable 16-year-old. There's so many reasons I think I should go to prison, let alone be convicted, if you're going to make me look at it like that. If if you're portraying her as, like, a 16-year-old and she doesn't act it like some horror films... Like in Friday? Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't, I don't care as much because, like, I know the actress is probably, like, 18. I know that actress... They're definitely over 18. Yeah. I know this actress is over 20 years old, but... Yeah. The way she's portraying the character, I'm believing it's a 16-year-old right now. Yeah, Please. in isolation, it's like, yeah, I know she's she's overaged, but yeah. it's it's sitting there like the way that she's she's portrayed the entire time. They don't they don't tip their hand at sexuality period in this movie except for yeah. with the mother in that one scene with yeah. with Jerry. 
So when that happens, it kind of feels it feels like one of those things where the studio is like, there's not enough sexuality or, or sexual related things or it's, nudity. It's, like that. it's not sexuality. It's like, nudity isn't inherently sexual. Yeah. But it seems like the 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 um the studio was in there like, okay, so for a slasher movie, yeah. where are some breasts? And then it feels like they just suck them in there. And it's weird. It, it's just kind of a weird moment. I mean, it's not like it like destroys anything. No, it's no, just no. like you're sitting there like, okay, I'm here we are. I'm as a screenwriter, like putting together a script and like you as a screenwriter are putting in that this character is doing things a 16-year-old would do. I'm writing her as a 16-year-old. I'm giving dialogue for a 16-year-old. I'm treating her like she's 16. Now you got to write the scene where it's in the shower. You say, camera points up, veer directly at her breast. It's like, you know, as the screenwriter, you're saying, like, this feels uncomfortable. This doesn't sound right because of how I've previously written this character. So why yeah. am I having this at the end? So I, I have to agree. It has to be a studio thing because even with other teenagers in horror films if they aren't treated like they are younger or vulnerable I'm not as mad about it or like just uncomfortable but with this yeah. I'm like oh is she is she a beautiful woman when she's naked she's a very beautiful girl yes do I not want to look at her because I think she's 16 as I'm watching this film 100% please yeah cause the character itself is portrayed as this kind of like meek oh, meek's maybe not the right word because she does whoop the shit out of people in the middle class. But she, yeah. she's this troublemaker character that kind of has this honestly very sweet kind of... The boyfriend? Yeah, like very, very He's like really shortly nice, yeah. shortly built up to and, and well <laughs> executed kind of little romantic moment. The moment immediately followed, I actually kind of like gasped. What? He, he, He's, he's practically undressing her in front of us. I was like... He's trying to rape my daughter. Yeah, like, I, I couldn't believe that. He's like, he's trying to rape her. I was like, he's trying to fucking... Hold on a second. Wait, he pecked her on the lips? I don't think he even slipped tongue, man. <laughs> yeah, that was that was wild. That was like... I, I get that, that Jerry is kind of cracked in the head, obviously. Yeah. But, but like, I was sitting there from one time like, that's just like... It's a little bit of an overreaction. Now, like, my father would have kicked the door open with a shotgun. So, I guess I'll take that. <laughs> Imagine he's like, he's like shopping at a fucking grocery store with her and um, just like a little boy or whatever goes, you're really cute. And like pecks her on the cheek. He goes, you're raping her. You're raping her in front of all of us. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on right now? In a grocery store? That's a cereal aisle. Like, <laughs> he just, and he just punched, he just punched the kid. Yeah, yeah. He just takes a fucking, he beats him with a box of cereal. Catalog's crunch. Like. Yeah, this he, might be in the sequel. We don't know. That yeah, that that's the only scene in the movie where I think it's a little bit funny. Yeah, the delivery is like and maybe, okay, it, and it's not supposed to be. Like you, you can tell that the scene's not played for laughs. Yeah, but it, it definitely, it definitely. Maybe it's just because I never the seen the movie. Is funny though. Yeah, maybe it's just because I've never seen the movie before, and I just was not expecting that. Like, I was expecting him to come out. Like, I was expecting him to come out and say something. I was not expecting him to come out fucking throwing haymakers. Just being like, he's raping my daughter. Yeah. Wow. That that was the thing. Like, if he said anything besides, he's raping my daughter. Like, if he came out and said, what's going on? If he came out and said, what's going on here? Get your hands off my daughter. I'd be like, okay, well, we'll, we'll, we can do that. We can handle that. He he jumped straight from that to just, he definitely 
full-on raping raping my daughter yeah. it's like what the fuck calm the fuck i know you're out of your mind but come on undressing her i don't think his hands are on her <laughs> he was being rather respectful i have yeah. to say but yeah no that that's that scene is really funny imagine like a dinner sequence where it's like you know you look you look pretty today stephanie why don't you just fuck her in front of all of us just bend her over at this point you're a here, fucking madman here he puts his arm on the table he swipes all the food off here i cleared the table off <laughs> yeah why don't you just base her he like just like puts his pants down just like this he smacks his ass go ahead jesus christ <laughs> we should make another sequel for next year but <laughs> uh, I wonder if the actor's still around. Well, I know the guy who plays the stepfather has done those sequels. You did both of them? Yes. It's <laughs> on the cover of both of them. I mean, we haven't talked about the very ending yet, but uh, <clears throat> it doesn't make sense. Um, anyways. so dumb. But, uh, I mean, let's just fucking talk about Jerry. Let's just talk about Jerry. Okay. My, my second favorite 80s character named Jerry... <laughs> Is the first one for Friday Night? Yep. But, uh, no. He's... Look. What's your first favorite character named Jerry in general, though? A rat. Oh. You mean this one? <laughs> no, that's Tom. No, he's right there, dude. I know he's right there. Your hands were on... Hold on, let me, let me show you. On Tom, though. So I was, I was, I was making a joke. He's mad at you now. Fuck him. You just said he was your favorite. You're very ignorant, and I don't like he, you anymore. He is now demoted. You know, I am going to find a new co-host. Someone who likes Puppet Master. Good luck, it sucks. I won't find a co-host who likes Puppet Master. <laughs> um, We're going to a convention. You never know. Oh, we'll find somebody. Uh, but no, uh, J- let's just talk about it. Jerry himself. The actor who plays Jerry. Holy shit, is he good. I was not expecting the level of quality to the performance in this. No, I agree 100%. When he when he comes on screen, when he's, you know, after the opening, when he's, you know, introduced as the stepfather and he's dealing with the family, I'm sitting there watching this, I'm like, is this a horror? Is this a slasher movie? I was like, is this a horror movie? This feels like it's a much higher rent movie than I was expecting this to be. And that guy, man, I I, I, I can't disrespect the man. I need to find I, I need his name. The actor Terry O'Quinn. So I stopped disrespecting him by not saying his name. He is so good. The way he bounces through various different emotions, his like his freakouts should be so laughable on paper. Yeah, the one the one with the with the boy on the steps that's pretty fucking funny. I'm not yeah. gonna lie, that's really funny. But that's like that situation. Just he, no matter how good his acting is, he can't he can't make that not funny. Yeah, I understand. So it, it's written. In a manner which it will always be unintentionally funny, so it's not his fault. But like the one in the basement where where like Stephanie's in the corner—that's such a good scene. Oh my god, he's good. He's screaming to himself. He's talking to himself in like different. He's banging shit around. He's looking for weapons to kill people with. You know, it, it, it's fucking crazy. And then he just turns it all off, and he's back to being Jerry. It, it is. It is a fantastic performance. One of the one of the best ones I've seen in like a horror movie I've never seen like this year, like just absolutely impressive. Better than most performances in the genre, if I have to be completely honest. Like he's really good. It, it's very impressive. I don't want to say that 
only because there's so many different types of performances in the genre of horror. I'm saying slasher. Sorry. Because this is technically a slasher movie. It barely is a slasher movie. I'd say it's really good for a slasher, yeah. I'd say out of most, especially... um, not not counting the big three, obviously, but I, I would say it's probably one of the best killer performances in a slasher movie that I've seen. Maniac's really high up there too. I mean, you haven't seen Maniac yet, and Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. They're the top. Yeah, those are but, very framed differently. Yeah, but this this guy is fucking amazing. It helps I, I was when, I was floored. It helps when you're getting most of the runtime with the killer. Yeah, you're following him. Not. The whole time, but he's, he's pretty much splitting, splitting it with co- Stephanie after yeah. the beginning of the film. Yeah, yeah, they're pretty much they're pretty much splitting it with him. I mean, he's technically no, he's not really he's not really the lead. I mean, he's a co lead. He, he leads it yeah. with Stephanie. I was just saying because like we start the story with him. Yes, he has it, equal time with Stephanie. Yeah, he might have more time than Stephanie because Stephanie splits between her and then the side story of the the brother. Yeah, um, yeah, he actually might have the most time so this might be actually just his movie mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm very very happy with that because you, you you get to know this character without really knowing him because they deliberately don't reveal too much you know they, they make hints about the fact that his his childhood was bad you know assuming he probably had a broken family and his fascination and his fixation on family values and the American dream of the 50s yeah. is because yeah, it's because of the fact that he didn't have that as a kid, and yeah. to a degree, that's that's sad. That's tragic. I love the doesn't fact excuse that they anything. Don't describe it though, because if they don't, yeah, they don't come they out and say that. Yeah. And they were going to film flashback scenes, and I'm those scenes can. would have ruined everything. Honestly, there's no way describing it is worse. Uh, there's no way you could have to, these scenes describing it be worse than showcasing it, because. We're yeah. already getting enough where, like, I'm in my head saying, this is so good, if they made a prequel, it could be pretty fucking interesting. Yeah. But I'm but thinking that I, because but I, it's in I'm my thinking head. That, I'm thinking that, and I'm also saying to myself, thank God they won't do that. 100%. But I'm thinking that because they could do a prequel. You know, yeah. it's possible because I'm not seeing anything. If I saw it in the film, I'd be like, oh my God, dude. Like, I know this is cool, but don't show it to me. But also, I like love, that, be, I love not seeing everything to the origin of, of killers. That would also be like splitting again. You'd be splitting runtime too, because it's like you got to deal with the, the, you know, the the brother, the ex brother in law. Mm-hmm. You got to deal with Stephanie and her issues. You got to deal with Jerry. You got to deal with the mother. Like you have now a you lot of stuff to juggle right Jerry. now. Yeah, it's like you got a lot to deal with already in an, in an eighty four minute long movie. Uh, who knows? This, this movie ain't long. This movie short. Yeah, maybe it would have been like. Uh, one flashback scene. I don't know, but I think even that I think is too much. Yeah. yeah, I think even that's too much. I, I think that the keeping it simple, just just dropping that little nugget and letting the psychiatrist kind of run with it a little bit, because yeah. he does kind of like profile this man and tell him like why he why he thinks the way he does, and it's kind of funny because he's like he's saying how much of he's how much of a confirmed bachelor he is to kind of get a rise out of Jerry. Yeah, because of how much Jerry says like. Family values are important, and I, I he's basically saying, like I will literally not sell you this house because you're not a family man. Yeah. He denies that, but he definitely is saying that. Yes, and it's it's crazy because the therapist is in fact a family man. Yeah, it's all it's all it's all to to 
gain more information about Jerry because Jerry's being very coy and not, you know, avoiding having to talk to a therapist, probably because he knows he has his own fucking issues. Yes. And he doesn't want to talk about those, especially because it will reveal things that uh, he doesn't want revealed. How did you and that's why he has to kill him off. The way where he has his... Well, first off, how do you feel about his second reveal when he becomes, like, takes the toupee off, has the glasses and the mustache, changes the way he talks and his mannerisms? I think that the performance in that is great. I think it's fantastic. Like, they actually tried to make him as vastly different as they could. Yeah, we didn't see too much of him as his previous life. Yeah. We only saw him basically shaving and stuff. Yeah, you saw him Uh, shedding his skin, shall we say. But when you see him, you know, he plays, he's Jerry, he's whoever the fuck he really is. Yeah. And then he's this new person. They're three different people. Yep. And it's scary how how easily this man does that. I think it would have been crazy if when he had actually broken and tr- started killing the family, if he acted and sounded totally different. Yeah. I mean, he he doesn't like, sound- even his hair started to fall a bit and he just looked vastly different. He he doesn't he definitely doesn't sound different. He does kind of carry himself. To, I mean he's, he's he being does, manic. Yeah. He's being manic, um, and out of his mind. So he is he is definitely fundamentally a different person. But I do agree. I think that showcasing that visually would have been interesting. Yeah. Because um, he's so he, they make such a, a very a, a big point to show how like well kept he is. You know he's he's got his hair perfectly put to the side. He's wearing his clothes. There's not a stain on him. He's he's very he's, very goes to work, comes back same exact time every day. Yeah, he's very perfect. And seeing that chink, I mean, obviously, seeing his demeanor completely shift is 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 enough. But it would have been cool to get a little bit more of that. You know, the visual distinction for that chink in his arm. I think it would have been cooler because we would have saw more of this original creation of who he was yeah because we still really don't know that person no we we don't i thought we know we know he's a complete we know he's a complete psychopath yeah but that's all we know we know he's he's violent and he's crazy that's all we know about him we don't know anything else about him and i think that's fine yeah but getting again like little nuggets and i think that adding adding a dishevelment to that would be a little nugget to drop i thought it'd be cool seeing seeing whoever the fuck this man really is make this argument that He's still Jerry to this family, and he wants to be Jerry when he's killing this family. That's a perfectly fine argument. It works. I I think I would have preferred it more if you saw more of who the original person was in this moment. Yeah, I mean, I guess I guess the whole thing is that he's trying to, to a degree, keep it together, Mm -hmm. but he's losing it. And I guess the only the only thing that we ever see from what the real Jerry is is when he's committing acts of violence. So that's really all the indication we get. And I'm kind of okay with that. I bet it's something that they explore in the sequels. I don't, I don't know want to watch the sequels. As I say, I don't know how much I actually want to see those. I feel like there's no way to make a sequel to this film that feels like it justifies itself. I feel like the only reason I want to watch him is for him. Yeah. To see what he does with that character next. Mm-hmm. But... This movie ends pretty fucking definitively. Oh, 100% definitively. He's fucking dead. He's got a knife through his heart. He's toast. And, you know, the the remake leaves it a lot more ambiguous. It is very, very easy to discern that he definitely got away in the remake. Because it ends, it ends with an actual straight-up sequel 
clickbait where he's working in another place in another state and he meets a new family. That's stupid. So they 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 already saying, "Hey, we have stepfather too." Never got it, thank Christ. Mm-hmm. But they they sequel bait hard in that movie, but they make it at least make sense. Whereas this one, it felt like the the director himself made a film. Yes, standalone this, film. Yeah, this was not supposed to. It's, it's ironic that we started out talking about "Don't Breathe," because this is a open and shut film. There is no reason to continue this. And there's no indication in the movie that he got away. There's no indication that he lived. So, and there's also, I guess, oh, there's no indication he died too, for sure, because it's not like they, they bury him, or it's not like they show the paramedics taking his body on a body bag or something. But no. at the same time, though, it's like he's got a, a knife through his heart, and he visibly dies on screen. Yes. So, I, I mean, he's I guess just I'm, taking a fucking nap, Mike. I guess I'm mildly interested to know the explanation. You know, it's going to be some shit but, like, oh. The knife just missed well, his heart, I, and he survived. I, I know that they that he he was locked up in an insane asylum for the sequel. Yes, and then he breaks out and finds a new family. But yeah, I, I guess they're gonna say like, they're probably gonna show at the beginning like, oh, they, the the paramedic showed up and carted him away, and he didn't actually die, which is dumb. This movie is fucking awesome as a standalone open and shut movie. Yeah, because the 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 daughter is vindicated. Her arc is complete. She can move on. Even we mentioned the side character. You know, he she's preparing, talking to police, getting as much information on this person as he possibly can. Being like, hey, I, I want to figure out who this fucking guy is that killed my my sister. Yeah, finds everything he possibly can. Figures out who he is. Finds him when he sees him. Tries to pull the gun out and gets stabbed and dies. But his entire goal is to bring him to justice and kill him. His goal is finished. He may die, but he completes his arc. He gets what he wants. Yeah, so, even if he's dead by, before it happens. Yeah, still good. He, but, like, and he's responsible for it, too. So we, we, we kind of talked about it where we were saying, like, this character goes through this entire movie, has all this runtime, like, hunting down this man, only to literally just die. Like, literally, at the end of the day, the only thing that he adds to the finale... Is that he brought the gun? Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. That's it. He's like, he's like he's a delivery man. He just brought the gun, and that's that's it. That's all he does it, in it the finale. Works so well though, because it's fine. As the movie's going on, I'm saying to myself, I really want him to kill this guy, but if he's the one that kills him, it takes away a exactly. lot of the movie. It yeah. takes away the poignancy, and it it kind of hurts the narrative of the daughter feeling vindicated and taking revenge on this fucking terrible asshole. So, I want him to kill him because he deserves it, but at the same time, she deserves to get that kill. Yeah. So when he dies, I'm like, man, I wish you didn't die, but... Alright, Steph, get him. I mean, it's really no different from the guy in Part 4. Uh, Friday Part 4. It's really no different. They, they built up the whole time saying, like, oh, I've been hunting down Jason. I care and... a lot less about him dying. Yeah, I, I'm by yeah. more so, I mean, like, he doesn't really add anything to the movie as far as, like, he doesn't do anything to Jason he that is do, meaningful. He doesn't do anything. He doesn't help. He dies. He doesn't progress the plot at all. He doesn't change anything, though. He's just a factor. He's he's a factor of the movie where he shows up. He's like, I've been hunting Jason for all this time. I guess the only thing he really brings to the table is that he brings the idea of Jason being a consistent threat to the table to the people who don't know that. Yes. I guess. But he doesn't do anything to Jason. He doesn't fight Jason. He gets his ass whooped. I, I guess in five that seconds. is probably, to be fair, in that movie, pretty important though, because nobody knows about Jason 
as the like the kids or the family until this guy shows up. Yeah, and in this movie, this guy reawakens a cold case. Which, by the way, the real thing that he accomplishes is the fact that he reawakens this cold case, puts it in the paper, and this causes Jerry to crack. Yes, to start cracking. If he if this didn't happen, probably probably wouldn't have cracked like this and probably maybe this might have been the family it could have been but they've also they also i don't think they ever established that there was families before his previous family they they allude to it they allude to the possibility of there being more but they can only really connect whoever this person is to this one case but they can't find him so in my head there's definitely way more oh 100 i I think he's killed at least four families yeah or something like that ridiculous but if this never happened, Jerry would have probably never, well, not probably would have never cracked. There's a chance that Jerry wouldn't have cracked. Yeah. They would have never caught him. Or a high chance, at least, he never would have been caught. It's yeah, possible they would have, have never found again, him. Again, but they never would have found him. They, they completely gave up on finding this person. Because even with him, like, going through killing the therapist and everything, the whole, like, idea of who he is is not weighing so much on the other members of the, the family. Because they don't know yet. They don't know anything about it. Yeah, he photoshops the photo of him. Yeah, he, he swaps it out completely for another yeah. person. And because of that, you know, the family's not worried. But he obviously would have cracked anyways because of just the daughter growing up. You know, the family dynamic changing. But we don't yeah. know how soon it would have been. If this situation didn't happen with the, the side character showcasing his face to everyone... Who knows when it would have happened? Would it have happened eventually? Almost definitely, but we don't know when. Yeah. So he does accomplish at least that. He speeds up the process of finding him. Also, the but, process of watching him figure it out is also really fun. Yeah. I like his interactions with the uh, reporter. Yeah. As, I, as I really like that they character. Are. I thought he was great. He's funny. When, he, uh, when that guy died, I was like, man, that fucking sucks. Like, it has yeah. to happen for this movie, but that does suck. Yeah, I like that character a lot, because he felt kind of like a uh, like a Loomis, almost. Yeah, I agree. Or or some character, like, I guess, I guess like a Tom Matthews uh, Jarvis hunting mm-hmm. down, you know, uh, Jason. You know, he this is something he has unfinished business. And I think you mean, like, Creighton Duke. One of the logic makes sense to one of those characters. The other one's Creighton Duke. Okay, racist. Okay. I like that actor, for fuck's sake. He's in Twenty One Jump the best Street. Part He's about awesome. The movie, honestly, yeah, and his character still doesn't make sense. So what does that tell you about the movie? <laughs> yeah, no, I fucking this movie fucking rocks. It rips, dude. I I was not expecting this at all. Like when we when we said, oh, let's do the stepfather. I'm like, oh, you know, like I was kind of wanting to watch that one for a while. You know, I heard it's pretty decent, and I was not expecting to react as strongly well, to this. Your, as I like did. your first text to me was like, the first ten minutes is like one of the most unsettling scenes I've ever opened in on a movie. And I'm like. That sounds pretty cool. I'm excited for it. I wanted to watch this movie. And you finish it by saying, like, oh, this movie is fucking really good, man. I'm like, all right, cool. I got something to look forward to. And then I remember I texted you after I finished saying, this movie has no right to be this good. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's a movie. It's called The Fucking Stepfather, dude. It it doesn't sound like a movie that would garner very much... I mean, we were, we're, we're sitting here talking about his fucking psychology. 
like yeah. i was not expecting this at all man i was not expecting to say be like yeah you know i think his uh, i think his problem really uh is rooted in the fact that you know he had a bad child and he really wants a family you know like, like i was not yeah. expecting to have any kind of you know attachment to this movie at all in this regard like i, I was just thinking like, oh it'd be a fun time like, a more fun slasher type film where it's like sleepaway camp where just some crazy shit where just people start getting fucking knocked off yeah and i wasn't expecting almost a character study yeah because it really is more about the family and the psychological aspect of this character than the killing because the, again like only two people die in the yeah. entire movie and it's so screen. few and far like yeah, there's the kills are so far. The family spread out. is the very beginning of the movie. The you don't see it. The, the therapist is after I'd say right at the end of the first act. If not, if not a little longer. Yeah, and it, then, it feels like it was probably like forty five minutes. And then the side character dies at the end. Yeah, so, it, it's kind of crazy. Yeah. You know, and there's, there's, I mean, it's not like there's not any like shock. It's not like there aren't shocking moments yes. in between. You know, there's appalling moments where where he reacts a certain way. You know, I mean, obviously we had that that really, really funny interaction on the front porch. But at the beginning of the third act, or that's not really the beginning of the third act. It's the beginning of the finale because the finale is like ten minutes when he fucking finally snaps completely. That's what I wanted to talk about earlier. I totally forgot and got sidetracked. Is that I, I asked you like, how'd you feel about his transformation? The next thing I want to talk about was when he finally cracks in front of the mom, like. So, again, comparing and contrasting this to the remake, they have a similar scene. Mm -hmm. But from what I remember, he's pacing around the the kitchen, grabbing knives out of the butcher's blocks and shit. And I'm just sitting there like, yeah, he's definitely going to kill somebody. Here, the reason he hits her with the phone is because he fucks up. Yeah, and he knows there's no going back. He says the wrong name and he can't get out of this one. Yeah, I mean, and when when he turns around and hits her with that phone, I gasped because it is no joke. Oh no! Obviously, you know that there because you, you you looked up about the the oh you didn't look it up you no. knew about the goose. Yeah. I wasn't even paying attention. To I, that, I, was I was so wrapped. Attention. I was so wrapped up in the moment of him just fucking clocking her with that phone and the impact of that hitting her in the face and her going down the stairs. That just I I could not pay attention to anything else. I was absolutely. Um, mortified watching that. The only reason I picked up on it is the phone is white and it's blood. Yeah. Their blood is like fucking bright red. So yeah. when she gets fucking smacked with the phone and there's blood on the phone, I'm like, oh shit. And That's then a he fucking crazy hangs image up the too. phone and he's looking down at the stairs and I'm like, that, that phone is completely white, my guy. Did you just completely say blood eva- evaporate? Like, where the fuck did it go? Also, yeah. she gets bashed in with the phone, and then she falls down the stairs. Her face is completely fucking fine. There's no blood on it. And yeah. then later, the blood's there again. Blood back there's, yeah. a, there's a little bit of shot um, continuity problems, but those are the only real problems in the film, if you ask me. Yeah, I agree. I, I do I do think that uh, they could have afforded to have a little bit more cat and mouse for the finale. Yeah. I a little think- bit more. The only thing is, you don't go through all the areas, but you've seen some of the rooms, so you're familiar with it, so I'm okay with it. I don't even think it'd be a problem with Cat and Mouse, but if they're going to have a finale where it leads to the attic, they should have showcased the attic before a little bit, just to be a little bit more familiar. The thing I like about horror films is being familiar with the area where the finale is going to take place. Yeah. I want to know about this area, so when I see it, I'm like... I know where she could be. I like the idea of in my head having a layout being like, 
she's smart she could do this yeah. oh shit she did this this is so cool it's like a Understa- fun little game of like clue understanding the geography of the environment 100% yeah so like I mean we, we, we touched on I mean a really good recent um, example of, of understanding geography in a horror movie is Don't Breathe we talked about Don't Breathe earlier yes, but they have they have a del- they deliberately have a, a long take sequence where they follow the characters through the house and you see the different rooms and different parts of the house if you want so to you have know a good when someone home runs down film you need to have good geography for the location yeah and like when you when you see someone run down a hallway you know where they're going yeah so it makes things a lot easier to discern what's going on and it actually makes things scarier because you know where he could be and that all gets flipped on its head in the basement when he turns all the lights off same same thing for even in the collector you know i wasn't a fan of the film but you know, every time they go into a room, or you know where they're going as the film progresses. Like, I know where that is. I know where this is. This could happen. Yeah, there you, might be a you, few you get, more tricks in those rooms that I didn't see the last time. But yeah, it's well you laid def- out. You definitely get a sense of the the geography of the environment, which is something very important that a lot of movies kind of skimp by and kind of ignore. It's a very important part about sequences, especially about suspense sequences, is knowing where everyone is in relation to each other. That is why I like the Friday film so much, is that the idea of having these tight cabins where you know the locations is great, because when they're in a cabin, you know where they're going to go. Yeah. And the second they leave the cabin, it's fucking free game. Everything yeah. is a, it's like a sea of darkness. They could die whenever. There is no Maybe. geography, it's just woods. But so even to a degree, you know, you know, when someone gets killed in one part of the camp, yes, you know, because they set up for the first, you, you know, know forty five minutes relatively is to another part of the camp. Exactly. Yes. So you know, like, oh, this person walked out the door and walked to this cabin. Oh, I know that that cabin's next to the archery range, so yep. Jason's probably not that far away or whatever. Mm-hmm. He wasn't in the one with the archery range, but whatever. This movie, a decent chunk of it, you kind of get the sense of that, but the finale, they definitely kind of go a little hog wild with running through the house. You know, the attic is not a thing that they even... They never mentioned they had an attic before. Also, that they, sequence... they get to their attic through a closet. I'm like, you got a weird fucking house, girl. Like, Also, I gotta give props to the remake, because I think I remember them having a sequence where they do go up in the attic. And that sequence is pretty similar. Okay, cool. You know, in the remake, they do deal with the whole, like, walking across the beams. If I remember correctly, they do that same sequence. It's with Amber Heard's character, I believe. And they, again, fall through the, the insulation, through the, the sheetrock. Which... Great, great stunt. Yeah. Great stunt, great work. That, that was a really strong sequence. I mean, I, I knew it was coming because, again, I saw the remake, but it's a really smart idea. Having, like, an unfinished attic that you can fuck around with like that, I think that's really smart, especially because it showcases the cunning of the girl. Yes, I really I really dug that sequence. Watching her, them climb up into the attic, though, I was sitting there like, are they just, like, climbing on shelves? Yeah. Or is there, like, a ladder built into the... the well, whose fucking <laughs> attic is in a closet, man? Like... Who the fuck made your building, dude? I don't know, it's probably old. I don't fucking know. I, I just found that really weird. It's like, are they are they literally just crawling on the on the hutch there to get up? Because she opens the door it. and it's like this small closet. I'm like, you're gonna hide in a really? closet. Really? You start climbing. And I'm like, you're gonna climb a closet. And she's yeah, in an it, attic. I'm like, it's in attic. It feels like a situation where maybe in the script or maybe they shot a sequence where they showcase that attic where they showcase like you know that that thing's there because it plays like a thing where it's like haha we're, we're paying off a setup and it's yeah. like well you, you didn't set that up that's the biggest problem with the yeah movie. it, it is kind of weird the attic before yeah Even it is kind of weird just like a hey can you get my old baseball cards from the attic yeah and then 
she goes in the attic and maybe he's like he doesn't have baseball cards in fact he I mean, doesn't this, have anything i mean this is this is like this is nitpicking like crazy it is but i, I but... think for finales it really does have to have like a build to it that feels natural yeah. and this finale does just feel like it just came out of nowhere in, in a way where it comes to following through this house we know is... the house geography pretty well but the attic is completely new a new implement just yeah. thrown in there I'll say to a degree, and I mean, this is me kind of just like putting on my, yeah, I'm feeling the movie kind of situation where it's like the ending is very messy and discombobulating and very rushed, not rushed, but very haphazard Yeah. to a certain degree. But also at the same time, that's how it is for Jerry. Yeah. So it kind of makes sense. It it is kind of excusing some stuff that the filmmakers kind of dropped the ball on. Yes. So it is, it is kind of a happy accident. That it works out that way in my head. I think changing stuff and showcasing the attic before is is an easy fix. Just showing it, not even it's a thirty it. second shot. Yeah, just because even. it's like, oh, when we're watching the movie, we could say, why even have the shot in there? But then when they go in the attic, you're like, oh shit, that's kind of neat. Yeah, but that's that's the smallest gripe. Or even even if they had a comment, you know, like, oh, Jerry, you know, you said you were gonna help finish the the attic up. Yeah. 100%. I mean, you wouldn't know where the attic is, but you would understand that they know that the the wood hasn't been laid completely in the attic. What if we were just fucking dumb and they had a comment like that in the movie? <laughs> you have that face where you're like, uh-oh. <laughs> I'm never know. positive they don't, though. I don't remember. I definitely don't remember yeah. them doing that. But again, like, also for me, that all gets smoothed out because it's something that is familiar to me because of the remake where it's like, Oh, well that's where the remake got it from. So I guess it makes sense that it's there. It's like, well, yeah, it, it makes sense. It's there, but they also had a little bit more due diligence to do to really set that sequence up. But at the end of the day though, it's a good sequence and I really like it. I agree. So it's a good finale. It, it is, it does feel kind of like, you know, I, I paused the movie. I think I went up to go get to go to the bathroom or something. You know, like, oh, we're going into the third act. Final, like, 20 minutes, final 20, like, 20, 25 minutes of the movie. I clicked it. It says, oh, 12 minutes. <laughs> I was like, okay. I guess, this is, I guess this is how the movie ends. So I remember when it was going down and the guy got stabbed and he had the gun there. And I'm just thinking to myself, I know he should be dead. If he just fucking shoots him once in the back or something, like, he just has, like, a final stand and he gets up and fucking just pulls a gun out, that'd be so cool. But then the mom is the one to do it. I'm like, fuck, that narratively is just so much better. I I didn't deliberately count the shots. I definitely think they only fired five out of a six-shot gun. And they acted she like the... next two or three. They acted like the revolver jammed, which revolvers don't jam. I thought she said, I'm out, after she shot at well, him. Well, I just saw her, I saw her fumbling with it, which is usually what movies do to showcase the gun is jammed. I thought she said, um, fuck, it's out, and then tried to look through it or something. I, I, I didn't hear the, the the dialogue. Maybe that's true. Either way, though, it's like, I guess he just... He he, he could only afford five bullets. He could not Have afford Have you seen his car? True. <laughs> he afforded the gun. We don't know that. <laughs> true. He might, he might have swiped it. You never know. Yeah. The 80s were wild. The 80s were a wild time. Yeah, I mean, it, whatever. Oh, yeah, she shot. She fired five bullets when she should have, should have had six. Whatever. Who fucking cares? It doesn't really it's matter. It's just weird because they show her missing a few times. Yeah, well, she misses. She hits him twice. I think she hits she, him three times and she misses twice. Yeah, I mean, either way, it's still six, six yeah, bullets. Yeah, I know. Could be I'm six pretty bullets. sure it's not six bullets. But either way, it, 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 like, it seems like either he just didn't load it fully mm-hmm. or, or they just goofed. 
Hmm. Which, whatever, it doesn't really matter that much. I just thought it was It'd funny. It'd be funny. He's, like, dead. She goes, fuck, cannibals. He's, like, by her eyes, like, I can't afford six. He just goes back to time. <laughs> I do, I do kind of, like, I do kind of read that scene. I didn't hear the dialogue that you, that you might have heard. I did read that as, though, that the gun jammed and that the people who make the movie just don't understand that revolvers don't jam. But uh, maybe it's a really shitty revolver that no one's ever cleaned. I don't know, but... I don't think I, I'm 95, 99% sure that the whole thing with revolvers is they don't jam because there's no ejection mechanism to, to stovepipe or something. But whatever, that little rant over. Uh, it is really satisfying that Stephanie is the one that deals the final blow. Yeah. I'm glad the it was The final her. blow. The final blow. There's no sequel. Stabbed who, right who, in the who, fucking who heart. Who knows? Maybe Stepfather 2 is cool. I don't fucking know. Yeah, I just don't want to watch it. There's four Psycho movies. Yes. I hear Psycho 2 is really good. Shot by Dean Cundy. Cundy. I hear it's really good. So, you know, maybe... Maybe, maybe it is. I, maybe. I am not against the idea of doing sequels to horror films. It just feels like they definitely... The, the director of this movie was definitely like, hey, no. If only a movie were like, hey... I could just imagine the studio sitting there and being like, hey, so, um gotta put something in there you gotta make a you know sequel sequel bait in case this movie does really well and he's just sitting there like i give you a knife through the heart get fucked yeah like much. like and then you're sitting there like we'll just make up some bullshit about him being an insane asylum fuck it whatever they got there in time they just lodged the the, the knife and they just fucking cl- they stuffed a, a washcloth and it. it was cool it's fine he's alive like okay here we are it's like there's no reason for psycho to have a sequel he's not dead though yeah i know he's not dead but it's like there's no real reason for that no. There's nothing in the movie that says, oh, this is getting a sequel. Also, the sequel happens like way later. 20 so. years later. Yeah. yeah. Which, in a way, is more interesting, though. I mean, again, I hear this. I hear Psycho 2 is really good. So, I bought the Psycho set to watch eventually. Uh, watch 2. I hear three, 3 and 4 are not very good, but surprise, surprise. So, altogether, we had a great first time watch for Stepfather. I. I haven't had I many first-time watches this month that I've been unhappy with. I knew you weren't gonna watch. Like, you weren't gonna like Puppet Master. Like that was fine. That was like I said in the the video. I like the franchise as an idea, but that first movie fucking sucks the epitome yeah, you, of ass. So it's you good. Just, you, you just fucking hate me. <laughs> you made me watch the Collector Gimp Boy. I don't want to hear this shit. Yeah, but like I didn't know that you weren't gonna like that when I put it. You on, turned on the movie when you started watching it. You said to yourself, "Oh, yeah." Scott but when I suggest like when, when I suggested it, I was like, "Oh yeah, I mean that's pretty good," you know. Like I think it's probably a good time. He'll probably like it for the characters and stuff like that. And then as the film started and it, like the visual motif showed up, I'm like, "Oh no, that's right. This movie's like that." <laughs> it's in the 2000s. Yeah, like I totally forgot about all that. I hadn't seen it in so long. So well, I was I like, oh, yeah, gonna, totally. Like, puppet Master, but I knew you'd like the puppets, and I knew that, like, if you wait and watch the other ones, I think you'll have fun with it. Like, you hate the first one, which is fine. You should hate the first one. But I think you'll like the second one. I think you'll genuinely like it, and you'll really like the third one. I'm still blown away that my favorite puppet was not Blade. Blade is the one I was ex- It's the one that I was totally expecting to like the most. Blade is my favorite, but my second favorite is Jester. Pinhead's so fucking good. I like Pinhead. Pinhead's like the most. So uh, I, my favorite. My favorite part of the movie, easily. Weirdly, like the most lovable. It's just funny watching him fucking. It's just like a, a, a tiny puppet with grown ass human being hands beating the shit out of somebody. That's really yeah. funny. And then getting thrown like a pillow down a flight of stairs. Yeah, it, it, the really funny. Impact is so. He's a good. <laughs> yeah, that's the best part of the movie entirely. The rest I of it think, can go fuck I off. I think uh, September the puppets been are good. good. 
September has been a good month though. To go yeah, the only and explore the, the only one things. that we've done, the only one that we've done this month that I've straight up just not liked is Pubmaster. Pubmaster, like I, I, I think Howling is fine. Howling is okay, but yeah, Pubmaster is the only one I really didn't like. I think the and, Howling brings a lot of elements that I, I'm glad I saw it for, and I'm more importantly, I'm just glad to get off the list. Yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty proud of this month. I mean, we, we, you know, Nightbreed book, was a fantastic watch. We bookended. You know, first watch of the month and final watch of the month are great. fucking not only not only great but surprises. Like we were, I we were knew both I was interested in Nightbreed. Probably like Nightbreed, but Nightbreed was yeah unbelievable. The, the, but the big surprise for Nightbreed was how much we liked it. I I might like Nightbreed more than Hellraiser. I think Nightbreed is a phenomenal movie and it should be more talked I, about. I, I got to rewatch Hellraiser before I can say something like that. But Hellraiser I think Hellraiser really Hellraiser great. has. The, I think that um, Nightbreed has a has a much more interesting mythos. Yes, one hundred percent. But also, night also I fucking love the Cenobites. So, I mean, see, Clyde the Parker's Cenobites just... play bigger parts in following films. They're yeah, not like in a whole lot stuff. of the first one. Yeah, the Clyde, Clyde Barker two is got. better, but one is a better movie than two. Hellraiser, the first one is a great movie, but the mythos and the stuff continued in the second one is also great because it's also done by Clyde Barker. Mike Barker is just a genius. He's really smart. Yeah, he's so fucking cool. Uh, honestly, yeah. to say I'm going to write a novel and then adapt it to a film, Myself. and then they're both going to be great, is like, fuck you, madman. I was like, now I really want to read the book. Yeah, Cabal. Yeah, I might have to take a take a peek. Um, I will say, to me, out of this month, Nightbreed was the standout. I loved it the most. The biggest letdown for me was the howling, because I didn't have expectations for Puppet Master. I didn't think it was gonna be good. So, I the first Puppet ten Master minutes of Puppet a... Master, the t- first ten minutes of Puppet Master gave me it gave me an expectation. I'll say this: Nightbreed, Nightbreed is probably the best movie that we watched this month. Stepfather's your favorite. Stepfather's the most surprising for me because I was like, "Well, it's Clive Barker. It's Clive Barker. I'm gonna yeah, like." Yeah, I'll I'll agree with that. But Stepfather, I wasn't expecting much more than, "Oh, it's a it's a it's a cool fun." It's a completely movie. different film than I thought it was gonna be. It yeah. is not the movie I expected it to be at all, and I was not expecting to glean like actual like. It sounds really demeaning to say this, but like intelligence out of this movie, like it's a smart yeah. movie. It, it generally speaking, it has a good grasp on its characters. The characters feel like people. And the main character being crazy doesn't feel like a, a crutch. It doesn't. It doesn't feel like a joke, yeah. the way that a lot of like kooky, crazy people in movies are. Especially in '87. Yeah, like it feels like a character study on a, a fucking insane person who it, just it wants a family. Weird to compare it to, but when I look at Stepfather, it's a lot of the ways I look at like Black Christmas, where like these characters are very eccentric and they're crazy, but we're not put in a position where it's like we can't take them seriously or we shouldn't be frightened by yeah. them the the eccentricism to them is what makes them so unpredictable and we take it very seriously the entire time they're on screen and i love that about both films those are also the biggest surprises for me yeah. when it comes to i'll like, say this films. nightbreed's the best yeah i will say that you're probably right i would probably say that probably this might be my favorite now yeah. but it got, now that could change tomorrow because i really do like nightbreed a lot also it's a recency bias oh. too yeah exactly so that's why I mean, like, check, tell me, ask me tomorrow, might be a different, yeah. uh, different answer. But this one really just blew me away. I was not, I just wasn't expecting this. It reminds me kind of how I felt when I watched Maniac or mm-hmm. when I watched 
Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. Obviously, those are, I would say that they probably handle their character study themselves. I mean, obviously, Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer is deliberately a character study. And it's about a real killer. Uh, It's a, um, it's based on a real killer. So that one kind of is toned a lot differently. So is Maniac. They're more about the killers themselves. It follows just the killers. So it... It does feel different, but it, it reminds me of how I felt when I watched those saying like, wow, I actually feel like I got a sense of these people and it's very unsettling. Yeah. And that's kind of my favorite part. But this one has the added layer that those ones don't have where at times I almost feel sympathy for him or yeah. not not even just that, but like when, when they're having moments where they're kind of the family's coming together, it's, I'm almost happy. They're nice. You're happy for the family, yeah. But it's one of those things where it's like, you feel kind of like, oh, like I smiled when, when they were hugging, when him and Stephanie were hugging. I'm yeah. like, oh, they finally worked out their differences. And then there's this undercurrent that comes through after that where you're like, this is fucking, this is fucked. This is really <laughs> yeah, fucked yeah. up. So it's like, it, it, it's one of those things where it's like it's a multi-layer. It's like it's like when you when you take a sip of bourbon, where it's like the first note, you're like, oh, I taste honey, and then I taste this, and I taste that. So it's like you feel initially like, oh, it's a really warm moment, and you're like, he fucking killed the man. What? Why, why do I feel happy for this guy? So it, that that kind of like complication to it, I find really interesting. Mm-hmm. So I, I really like. <laughs> When we when we say we were gonna do this, I was not expecting to like this as much or or no, to I have totally this much to say about it. Like I'm incredibly impressed. This is like this is a gem from the eighties, something that I you know I'm so happy that it, we covered. It, it this. is a cult classic. Yeah, I mean obviously it, it did it was it was popular enough to have a, a remake in two thousand nine. Yeah, it's it, not like it's it is a cult classic, but at the same time It's like, not the way the Nightbreed is. You're not gonna people talk no. about the stepfather, like you said, like Nightbreed, or like, oh, have you watched like I hear more about Puppet Master than Stepfather. Like even in the slasher genre, it's like you're gonna people are gonna say something more about like Slumber Party Massacre. Yes. Before Prom they say something about the Stepfather. Yeah. Prom Night. Yeah. Sleepaway Camp. Yeah. Bold, bold take. Stepfather is better than Prom Night. I can't comment on that. And I love Prom Night. Prom Night's awesome. I watched that for the first time this year too. That movie's fucking dope. It's it's definitely another one of those movies where it's like I expected it to be a little bit different than it really was. So. Yeah, this movie's wild. I love this. So I would say final thoughts, but you kind of just gave final thoughts. I'll just give a score. Yeah, and like, I can't really give final thoughts besides I just pretty much just agreed with you. I'm like, yep, yep, true. I have nothing to difference on. Like, this film's fantastic. Like, I had a lot of fun with it. I watched, like, just this week, like, four or five horror films and, like, Stepfather didn't blow them all away, but I'm just like, this is the film that stuck with me. I watched a film yesterday. I watched films three days ago. But Stepfather's the one that I'm like, I'm thinking about this right now. This is the one that's on my mind. I have ideas. I have things that are reminding me about the film. I have a lot of messages and themes that I'm circling through in my brain because the Stepfather just stuck. And, you know, that's kind of what you want when you're watching a film, is a film to stick out to you after days later saying like, this was crazy. Yeah. This might be this might be my favorite movie I watched this month, period. I think that's fair. I mean, to be fair, considering how many I watched this month was not many. Because mm-hmm. um, I watched, you know, the four we watched for the podcast, and then I watched Army of the Dead. I've watched a few. Which Army of the Dead, by the way, is Army of the Dead's dope. I, I, like that movie I mean, I biasly liked other films. Like, I like Nightbreed more. Yeah, I know. Um, I like. Totally justified. I. I'm, you're gonna think I'm fucking crazy, but I did like Puppet Master three more. I, I can't say I haven't seen it. Yeah, I think, but that's a different experience because it's probably, when, it's probably garbage. 
Get a ghost. That's not gonna kick your ass right now. I dare you. Wouldn't be any different from any other day. You're gonna kiss me afterwards, though. Hey, buddy, come here. I'll make it all better. I'll kiss you and give you a buck eye. Oh, man. But, you know, I had other films I had good times with, like, other surprises. But Stepfather, right now, no better way to finish off September. Yeah, I'm so happy. I'm so happy that this was this good. Final score. I'm hovering between an 8.5 and a 9. Oh, Ta- yeah. Talk- talking about this has... Because I remember I said to you, I'm like, oh, I'm probably going to give like, an 8.5. Yeah. Talking about this, slapping it with that 9. Yeah, it's just like... This movie rocks. You got to say to yourself, like... What is bad about the movie? What does it miss its mark on? And it and the only all I said is nitpicks. like all, yeah, shot continuity and you should have showcased the attic. Am I saying this is a film that everyone needs to watch to understand this genre? No, but I'm saying like there's no way you're not gonna enjoy the aspects of this film and just say like holy shit. I'm not saying everyone's gonna give it a nine out of ten, but it's really easy to come to that score when you really tackle the themes being portrayed in this film and yeah, the character I- study. I saw a lot of people saying that this looks like like a low rent lifetime movie. I think they're out of their fucking minds. Fuck them. I think it's a well, sh- a really well shot movie. I think the shot the- composition is great, but I do feel like sometimes the lighting is piss poor. Oh yeah. It- it's more like they don't have a huge budget, so the lighting is whatever. Like they're not. It's, it's whatever. It's like almost like natural lighting at times. And, and the problem with people saying shit like that is that they're just fucking like they've been overexposed to ridiculously overly lit in-depth shots that's kind of the funny thing too because like lifetime movies look like shit and like they're they're like a lot of them do yeah so no, i'm sure 100%. i'm sure there's some i'm sure there's some gems i have no idea i don't really but, but look at like look at fear those, street but... like things are overly lit in the first one where there's a bunch of neon and shit where does it need to be because it's like we're tackling these these colors that because they're like everywhere and they're vibrant. we're 90s we're the 90s yeah Way more 90s than the 90s have ever fucking been in Fear's Fit, obviously. But Visually, yeah. Then you come to a film like this where it's like, we're using minimal lighting, we're just attacking it like you're just exploring this house with this family. And you're just, like it's real life. You're just sitting in with them. Yeah. And because it's played out in a way that isn't overly in your face, you're saying, oh, there's not much to it. The whole point is it's supposed to feel like you're living it. You're not Grounded supposed to feel down, like, oh, down this is a movie. You don't want to feel like, oh, shit. Yeah, my favorite part, because I was telling you about it, and we're, we're going to continue to talk about this right now, but yeah. my favorite part about it is how, like, it really feels like autumn. Yeah. And it's a, it's a, it's kind of funny, because it's like, this ain't Halloween. This looks more like autumn than Halloween does. Oh, yeah. So it's like, it it looks like, I genuinely love that autumnal feel in movies. Well, the movie starts and off here, with them tossing fucking leaves at each leaves other. Leaves at each other and throwing them, throwing each other in the what leaves. What a great it, intro like, to a mother-daughter relationship, too. Yeah, I, I thought it was, I honestly thought it was adorable. Yeah, I loved that. So I, I really dug it. It endears you to the characters instantly. Yeah, we are, uh, we are going on and on. We but, just said final anyways, thoughts and gave us all, all I wanted to say was that I love it when, when, when a movie is set during autumn and it looks like autumn. Yes. And this movie commits to the autumn look and... A lot of higher budgeted boobies don't do that. They All just kind of say, California oh. now. And they look like yeah, they're just like, oh, it's just October, bro. Whatever. You know, I'll throw a couple brown leaves on the ground and that's it. We're going to call it October. It's like, okay. You, you like uh, in the magazine where they showcase um, great fucking like living towns or whatever had like Westport, Connecticut. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Nice shout, CT. Also, really funny. He, he wears his flannel when he's working down in the basement. Yeah. He wears that over just his. Dad uh, shit. Yeah, it's like a super dad shit, dude. My dad used to wear wear that stuff when he'd work in his workshop yeah. in the basement. I steal my grandfather's flannels. 
Yeah, it's, it's, it, I have some of my Don't dad's flannels. I, I ain't tall. He'll beat me. He won't beat me. I'm kidding. All right, we, we got we got we got yeah. enough, we, we've enough child beatings. We've gone on and on. A stepfather is a great enjoyable time. It's a great way to cap off September and get ready for the next one, which is going to be October. And we've got a lot of fun planned for that. I we don't want to talk about it now. It'll okay. be fun to discuss in the next episode, believe me. But thanks a lot for enjoying the stepfather. I hope please and tune in to the next one. I will say the film we're covering next is going to be a fan favorite. So thanks again. I'll see you on that one. Bye-bye.